0: We are feeling five alive, gents, and super sixy. Sheffield Whoa. Wednesday, seen off with relative ease at Griffin Parkers. Five strikes, not one, by the way, scored by Ollie Watkins, nor Saeed Rama Rubbish made it off. a. I fir- mm. I know, tell me about it. I thought that <laughs> after the, the weekend. Off. Terrible. It was the first win in six for the Bees without either of those scoring. Next up, it is a zippy trip across... Town to a land where defeat was last tasted all the way back in April 1990. We're going to be getting into all of the above. We're going to be hearing from Head Coach Thomas Frank. Fans from both sides, after that annihilation of the Owls, we're going to be continuing our rundown of the best and worst in Brentford history. We'll be wishing a Mr. Marcondes a happy birthday today. Good weekend for him to celebrate, of course, and we're also going to give a nod to the London Football Awards, where the Bees boasted double bubble. Lovely, lovely stuff. It is the Brentford Fan Show on Love Sport, the station giving fans a voice. We've got your team covered with Churchill Business Insurance. It's me, Matt Beadle, here with the boys from Besotted. Dave Laney Lane. Hello, Dave. Evening. How are you, mate? Very good, thank you. And Gary GP Paul, hello. Good to see you. It's been a while. Indeed. I'm glad I got those right. I don't know whether you heard last week, but I was uh, slightly told off by Billy the B Grant for calling him X XG Dave Anderson. No, Dave XG Anderson, right, and of course okay, it is yeah. XG Dave.
1: The other way around. Tell oh, so oh, you
0: what, I've learned my lesson. Yeah. I have learned. Right, learned my, my lesson yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gents, plenty coming up, but you've been down the White Hart.
4: Yeah, down the White Hart. They looked after us very very well again. Um, we we have a regular slot called the White Hart Whisper, where we, it's our pre-production meeting. You know, we go down there and we sort of like. Pssst, scope out the show but there's always a there's always something to sort of like whisper about it's either something that's kind of like not quite news it's a rumor and today the white heart whisper really is centered around Pontus Jansen you know we've we've spoken about him week in week out you know for the last couple of months how close is he to be f- to be in fit, what is his actual injury, uh, will we ever see him again, has it been a bust-up, has his head fallen off, you know, whatever it is. Um, and then today, right there on Brentford's official Twitter, there's Pontus Janssen right at the centre of the photograph and he's training and the caption on Instagram is the players getting ready for Friday. So the the links there, when we're trying to work out whether is is it kind of mind games ahead of Fulham on 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 Friday.
1: I think someone's been um, Someone, a bit handy with the photoshop.
4: No, I think it's actually there but the actual reference to him playing on Friday, you know, so are, are they are they teasing the players are they sorry, they're teasing the Brentford fans or are they kind of teasing the coaches and the people mm. at Fulham trying to work out, you know, Willy Willy will sort Willy of sort center or not. I s-
0: I saw this photo <clears> earlier <throat> on and when I first looked at it I thought because it doesn't look like a pro- Proper professional photo. I don't know. There was something about it. I thought this—it's all a bit ambiguous. Mm. But maybe that's all part and parcel of what they're trying to do, like you say. Oh,
4: was it uh, fake news? Are are we saying it's like deep
0: deep fake? No, no, (laughs) (laughs) not fake at all. But not—I felt like there wasn't proper clarity in the photo. But I do think that that's all part of the masquerade,
1: maybe. Quite possibly. So we, then, so we shall see
4: mm, exciting. All, all shall pan out in the next few days I'm sure not
0: played what since January the
4: 11th I not played since yeah. we
1: did Queen's Park Rangers yeah the Queen's Park Rangers game is his last one so um,
4: I think he'll be chomping to come back for the Fulham match. So, uh, you know, Fulham might be won't be very much looking forward to our visit. I don't think after the preparation that they had at the weekend and the preparation that we had. So...
0: so, fellas, talk to me about the game because an absolute rout of Sheffield Wednesday. We know that they are in terrible form. That is now two wins for them in fourteen. They're in free fall. They're fortunate that you know they had the start of the season that they did. I think they were third at Christmas Day, but obviously not going very well under Gary Monk, but. An absolute annihilation, as we said at the top.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I said to Dave in the White Hart, it reminded me, to use an analogy, it was like Jaws. Sheffield Wednesday fell in the water and Brentford smelt blood. (laughs) And they absolutely went for it. I was very impressed at how we started that game. There's been a lot of games where we've had an inauspicious start or we started a little bit slowly. But we got Sheffield Wednesday straight away and they just couldn't cope with it. Yeah, as soon as the first goal went in, um, as soon as Josh De Silva sort of,
4: um, you know, tap it was a, i called it a tap in it was a bit more than a tap in you had to you had to find the space but as soon as that goal came in I, you could sense the relief around the ground i think you know we're very much used to seeing brentford dominate create loads of chances and it's not always the case we get the we get the goal early mm. sometimes we've got to just you know keep on and keep on keep knocking on the door but saturday the goal came early and then obviously we had that one the strike by marcondes for the second you gary you must have had a tremendous view of that yeah so
1: it? i was dying. Directly behind. It. I mean, I think me and you were saying in the pub we couldn't believe that a penalty wasn't given because who was it? The centre back who scissored? Yeah, it, it wasn't the best bit of defending that guy's. Ethic, no, he just kind of scissored him, and it? it's just one of those things where you're. I was like, Hold on, did nobody see that? Because no Brentford player really reacted to it. And no, it was on Watkins. Yeah, yeah, what's What you know? There was like a kind of scissor tackle on Watkins. I think he got the ball, but he got a lot of man as well. But that shot, I mean, it did it did everything a ball could possibly do. It Just did. beautiful,
0: and it was first league goal for the club, isn't it? It's his yeah. second goal. And when you think of the two goals that he scored, not too dissimilar
1: in yeah, terms I of think technique. One was as well, a, the first one was a dead ball, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, again, that one moved around. This one really did. As I said today, it reminded me of an episode of Viz <laughs> I read years ago. When um, Billy the Fish was inside the ball, driving it, it just went. It went out. It went back in, and it went down. And you know, you just amazed it. A lot of time you say, "Is it?" the player or is it the ball? And I've kicked one of those balls and it's clearly the player.
0: I would love you to put that to Emiliano Marcondes and just see what he says. <laughs> yeah. That was like an episode of Viz, Emiliano. <laughs> just like Billy the Fish. Oh,
4: I'm sure he'll be I've, I've, I've never heard of it. I wouldn't have, I thought, wouldn't have thought so. He wasn't even was born. before he was born. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't even born. But yeah, you know, to, to, I thought Marcondes' his, um, first half performance was was excellent as well. You know, he, he, did, he did tail off a little bit in the second half, but you know, I think that's being particularly picky. I, I think he set up a third goal as well, the beautiful, beautiful through ball to Um, um so, oh, you know it, it yeah, was it thing that was, the, thing was, sublime.
1: You, that was um, the type of ball that we were crowing that remain Soyez was doing last year it was just perfect, it split the defence and the way, the weight on it was perfect for Mbwemo to run through and score
4: And it was obviously a relief, you know. We we'd Mm. thrown away a two goal lead the week before, um, and then we'd obviously lost at uh, at Luton. Um, I I, I, I don't think it was inevitable that someone was going to get a spanking, but it was it was a real relief. Someone was going to get what they deserved from our performances. I think Luton was the you know the exception. The performance was was way lower than we'd become yeah. expected to. But uh, you know Sheffield Wednesday, they they put up a little bit of a fight. I have to admit. Did they? Two, yeah, they did at two 0 They they did have a few chances. The third goal, you could argue, slightly came against me. Yeah, because I
1: think um, Fletcher had a header, didn't he? And you know he got a bit of separation from the defender, and I was a bit concerned about that. Because as I said, when you've conceded a week after, you know, you've gone 2-0 up again and then you see somebody like him and he, un- he was the one that undid us at their place. We see somebody like him that gets a chance like that, close, to the, you start to panic a little bit.
4: Look, I'm not going to say that they were quality, but they did have a few chances at two 0 So, it, you know, on another day they might have got a goal, and <clears throat> goal back, and it may have been slightly closer. But the third goal absolutely knocked them out. And then second half, it was really as many goals. as but To be ones, honest, I think well.
1: quite, it, was, it was weird. Cause they did have kind of, there was like a period in the middle of the game where it became, you know, he started to worry a bit. I mean, once we got the third, we weren't too bothered. But they, went, they didn't start the second half too badly, I don't think.
4: No, and it's also, also that case of like, do we actually let teams have the possession? Because as soon as they get into our half, we can just absolutely annihilate on the break.
0: Well, uh, I've looked at a couple of the passages of play. I mean, I was watching the highlights and then I've, I've looked over some of the action again today. The third goal, like you said, Bueno's goal, wonderful, built from the back. And the fourth goal, the Silver's goal, and I, mm. I saw the tweet that the club put out. 17 passes involving 10 different players. Such a fantastic move and very casual at the beginning. Just casually passing it around and then boom, cut and thrust for the goal.
1: Boom being the operative word, yeah. (laughs) There was a stat though, didn't I read that I think only four um, Wednesday players competed more passes than David Raya.
0: That's correct, yeah. It's just ridiculous, isn't it? 20 passes he made, 20 accurate passes. There was also a rumour, I don't know how true this is, you might, you might be able to substantiate this one, guys, that a lot of the Sheffield Wednesday fans were already in the boozers before the second half had even kicked off. I've, I think some
4: left. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a huge fire drill. I mean, and a lot of them went round to the forecourt waiting for Monk and the players to, to emerge. Really, We hear about that in the in the fan package. There's, we've got a few Sheffield yeah. Wednesday fans talking about the demise of their, their, their club since Christmas um, and the fact that, you know, they're looking down the barrel of relegation. If they get a points deduction, which is expected to come their way in the next couple of weeks, they're you know, depending on the, the severity of the, that deduction, they could be in the bottom three. And mm. on that form, you really he wouldn't expect them to escape.
0: Mm, Absolutely. I know that he's not someone who can cast his eye over Brentford. I'm sure you don't hold his opinion that highly, but I was watching the Quest highlights as well on Saturday evening. Neil Warnock was, of course, the pundit, and he said that he's never seen movement like it when he was referring to to BMW. And I know that Mm. Saturday wasn't all about BMW. Yes, and Boema got on the score sheet, and yes, Watkins and Maramba played well, but... He said he's never seen movement like it. When they're in gear, they are the best in the league without a shadow of a doubt. I'd,
4: I'd probably take his opinion um, a lot more seriously. now no, he's not in. A, he hasn't got a job. He, he can, he can <laughs> yeah. actually say what he yeah. genuinely yeah. thinks rather than sort of masking it <clears throat> around whatever his team needs to get out of it. So, you know, love him or hate him, he's been around the block. He knows his football. Neil Warnock, and Indeed. yeah, you can't argue with that. I mean, as as Gary said, it was it was like a, a shark that smelt blood, and we literally did literally go for the jugular um, and it could have been 7-8-9 if, if, if we'd have really taken our chances
0: 64 goals now so equalling West Brom of course for the most goals in the championship you mentioned the fans in the pub day. we're going to go to them now and here is what they had to say after the game
2: we got our mojo back. That was a magnificent performance today by the bees. I'm not saying how good wins they are. In fact, I think they're pretty terrible. But all-round contributions
4: were excellent today. Delighted to see Marcondes really put in a good shift in the first half. Um, tailed off a bit in the second, but you know. You couldn't fault any of our players. The silver getting two goals, he's back onto it. Really, for an all-round team
5: performance, you couldn't wish for them more. And we've got Fulham on Friday. We go into that with a real confident streak. Let's keep this run going, see where we end up. Superb
4: goal from him today, and he set up our third goal as well on the break. So I think the people who don't rate Marcondes might need to have a, a rethink of that one. But the bees today were resilient. They kept plugging away. We could have had more goals. Wednesday had their odd moment, but that is a big Philip ahead of Fulham on Friday. I
2: think Josh De Silva, who has probably slipped a little bit of uh, recent weeks, was absolutely superb today. Not only did he get two goals, but he was magnificent. He's really got back to driving, driving runs, getting the ball, and driving upfields, and uh, he was superb today.
4: Absolutely delighted. One of the best games I've seen in a while. I haven't played us see that haven't seen us play that
1: well. I thought Jean Vier was looking really strong today. Watkins looking really strong. Great result. We just seized the game by the scruff of the neck in the first 15-20 minutes and we didn't let go afterwards. They just you know we just knocked it out of them. So I think week game um, had an effect to them. I don't know. But I think we can't take anything away from our performance. we're just really really good on the day. If, if Gary Monk gets sacked. The same players will have got rid of the last four Sheffield Wednesday managers. It's a hundred percent down to the players. You can't keep going down three 0 at half time. How many times? It must be four, to five times this since Christmas. And we just told us, cousin,
5: can't do it. The game was gone at half time. It's gone after twenty minutes. We just don't perform. We don't create anything. We sit back. I'm lost for words because it's getting worse and worse and worse. These guys outside the
2: players' entrance now having to go at the managers, having to go at the players, they're having to go at the chairman. The club is in in turmoil. Great performance, Joe. Yeah. We've, we've got a bit of form for this. For If this is our little blip and then we had it out of it. we did it a little while ago before the Luton game. And results will sort of went our way today, so I think I think we're definitely going to set it, you know set ourselves up for a charge at fourth place, third place maybe. Get that final game at Griffin Park, meaning something. Yeah, so I'm really happy, really good to see Marcondes, you know, sort of putting a shift. Uh, I had a fiver of Joshua Silver hat trick, which is heartbreaking. Uh, yeah, well done, oh, good good job all round. Bearing in mind, you know, what, whatever we nearly most of these lads have played 40 games now this season, but you know we're still missing. We were counting five injuries to the first team squad, we, and we're still looking good. So very, very happy. Uh, roll on Friday!
0: It's the Brentford fans' show with me, Matt Beal, and the boys from Besotted, Dave, Lainey, Lane, and Gary GP Paul. Just a quick reminder that from the 31st of March, Love Sports National Station will be the only way of listening to Love Sport on DAB Radio across the UK. If you're listening to us on Love Sport London, you need to retune your radio. It's an easy process. Just press the auto-tune, refresh or auto-scan button on your digital radio or go into the menu and press auto-tune to make sure you do not miss your favourite shows right here on Love Sport. And of course, this is one, the Brentford Fan Show. And gents, we're going to move on now quickly. Before we hear from Head Coach Thomas Frank after the game on Saturday, there was a certain awards ceremony in the capital.
4: Mm Yeah, Thursday night was the London Football Awards. Um, I don't know the history of these (laughs) awards. If I'm honest with you, I I think three years ago they didn't exist. So, you know, obviously it's prestigious. They all wore nice dicky bows and and nice suits and whatever. So, you know, we we got a couple of we got a couple of uh, bits of silverware, which hopefully isn't the last we get this season. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, but yeah tip tip our hats to Ollie Watkins who was uh, he was who was nominated and he got the award for EFL London player of the year and then Thomas Frank got uh, manager of the year for for London so you know it, it, they're not to be sniffed at they're up, they're up against uh, some very very stiff competition and for for our players and for our management to be singled out as um you know it's exceptional in the capital then you know obviously it's something that you know it's it, it's only a po- only a hugely positive thing, and it's just nice to get to see Thomas Frank being recognised and rewarded because you know he's un- he's understated, he- he's certainly not got an ego about him, and um, you know hopefully the the future he's got in the game is going to be with us.
1: Yeah, and so, uh, you know as you said, fingers crossed, it's not the only thing that we um, achieved this year. But um, yeah, I mean, I think I think as much as you can say, you don't know, you know. Uh, the awards haven't been around for that long but to be recognised is great especially when you consider the others, when you consider where we've come from and the, te- and the other teams that we do compete because you know there are a couple of other teams in London uh, around right, well, okay. so to, again to finish above them is always nice
4: Yeah and no, I think it's part of this process of raising the profile of a club Um people if people hear our name and the winning of awards and they they hear the names of our players constantly um whether it's you know the bmw or whether it's ollie watkins getting another goal whether it's another trick from from ben rama whether it's you know whatever it is it's it's there's a lot of hype surrounding our club um and it it helps in raising the stature and ra- raising the reputation for so many years now we've been in the shadow of all of these clubs around us that have enjoyed that, having players that are constantly talked about, having players that are constantly linked with not just transfers but the transfers to the biggest clubs in the in the land and overseas and huge transfer fees, you know we, we, we get frustrated that it is a constant uh, um, conveyor belt of of, of players that are being lined up to leave, and sooner or later we hope we hope we can keep hold of a few of them. If we're going to make it to the Premier League, we're going to need to retain some of our best talent. And the three that we've got up top at the moment, you really would want to keep hold of. But their combined combined value must be in the seventy region of seventy five million pounds, and it's almost like. My God, what could we do with that money? If we've if we we've, we've assembled the, those three players for less than ten, and we're going to get maybe seventy five, eighty million pounds, it it takes us to a different level. So no, you know, it's it's seeing seeing your players being singled out as excellent and being at the very top of what they're doing is it's it's nothing other than brilliant
0: is that tough though right because that is potentially going to be a conundrum isn't it say you were to get 70 million for those three players that you've mentioned there that's great but if you then go up into the Premier League if those players do go to different clubs, you've then got to Unless in the scouting situation at the club is absolutely brilliant, we know that, the recruitment is, is, is top notch, but you've then got to replace them, so do you go, is £70 million enough to, to potentially splash that on players that we don't know about, that might not produce the statistics alone that those guys have produced?
4: Some players are going to be easier to replace than others. I don't. I don't think you know. P- players like Side Ben Rama come along once in a lifetime. You know, someone as exciting as him, um, as raw as him, and with a you know with a with a with a future like he's he's going to enjoy. Um, he'll probably be the hardest to replace. Um, Ollie Watkins, of course, is a great talent. But if you if you create as many chances for strikers as we do, then you know you probably get. A good return. They're going to be different players. They're not going to be like exact for exact. You know, we will miss Ollie Watkins. He's a lovely kid. You know, um, you're not going to get exactly like him. He's, he's a very different player to Neil Moorepay. But but you know, we any Brentford fan that's been on the journey of the last five or six years will realise that you know we can, we 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 should feel excited that the dofs and the cut and the scouts and, and all those people that are out there looking at players, they have probably got. You know, they've probably got players lined up already. Yeah. Um, well, they, they they will have players lined up already. Who they are, God only That's knows. That's the thing.
1: I would assume, so. I mean, again, if you had said to us um, this time last year, we, we're losing more pay, what would our reaction have been? Yeah,
4: it would have been tears. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Now it's, you know, again, the same thing with Hotter. Like, you know, now people seen Ben Rama, nobody mentions Hotter anymore.
4: No, so yeah, there is a there's, you know the the page will turn and you know it's almost inevitable at least one of them will go if not if not two if not two you know yeah. and we saw you know talking about the you know the London Football Awards there was a there there was a um, a tweet which one someone was interviewing um, Watkins and he was talking about his you know potential dream move to Arsenal so <clears throat> you know I, I don't want to comment that I, I can't comment on that out of complete. Context, because I've got no idea what the original question was. But, you know, he's, he's being talked of in, in, in you know, with being linked to those, those kind of clubs. So we'll see. We'll see what happens in the summer.
0: It can only be a good thing. No doubt Thomas Frank will be asked that question many times over the course of the next few months. He was asked many questions after the game on Saturday, and here is how he answered.
6: The big headline today was decide to defend because um, we know that we are a very good side going forward. We know we are a top footballing team, so when we are absolutely on it, we are picked straight for every team in this division. Uh, but the thing we wanted to change the most this season was defending, um, and we've been very, very pleased with that. Um, throughout the season, um, overall, then we came into the into February, <laughs> and we started to concede um, more soft goals for various reasons. And I think we were we were a step up against Cardiff uh, in many ways, uh, but today was bang on. You can see after the first 25 minutes where we are absolutely chopping in our game. We maybe dropped off a bit. On, they're not a bad side, Chef we say. Not everything was right, but we put blocks in and we we, we fight it. And uh, you know, and then we got back into the game. And then the rest is history. We were winning 5 0 Even in the end, we won that clean sheet uh, with Rico and Ethan putting some fantastic blocks in. And then on top of that, the confidence and the freshness in the team. You could see that today. It's important that you know our BMW is, is uh, getting all the headlines, and uh, it's just nice, nice to see that yes, Brian still scored a fantastic goal. Yes, Said had two assists, and Oli just working so hard and keeping you know staying in the game. Of course, you want to score as a striker, but just working for that bigger purpose, uh, winning the football match is fantastic. And then coming back to your uh, your question, in Ilia in Wow. What a player so so pleased uh, for him when the ball went into the back of the net I just was just so happy because he he's been through so much struggling in in this football club because of a lot of injuries and then little difficult to find his form and all that but now I think two good performances from him coming in a in a very important um, moment um, in the season and then of course just a silver' it was a a very good player and he I think he was on top of his game in November-December and then he dropped off off a bit in terms of maybe didn't have that extra power or freshness uh, but he definitely had that today. Honestly it's it's the defending that will maybe make us achieve our goals this this year uh, because that's the big, big, big difference between no success um, so I'm very pleased with that.
0: Thomas Frank there in fine fettle as he always has seemed to be this season, Dave.
4: Yeah, that's the way you want to hear him, you want to hear him positive and talking about the the you know how well his team has performed and in you know targeting individuals about you know how they've contributed and mm. and and, and, and uh, how they're developing as as players. Um, So, yeah, um, more of the same. Hopefully he's speaking quite as happily as that after the game on Friday. If he does that, it's going to be a big, big night in West London. I can tell you that. Um, Just before we move on, we ought to talk about the B team quickly as well, they finished uh, a, their, Cy- their Cypriot training camp with a 3-0 win over Russian third-tier team FC Rudina Moscow. I've never heard of them before. Um, and tomorrow night, they're back in the UK, and there was it was due to be a, a game at Griffin Park under the lights against Glasgow Rangers. Um, but they want to keep the pitch fresh, and they're expecting rain, so they don't want it to cut up. So they've moved it to the Metropolitan Police's ground, the Court in Mosey. Um So it's just across the bridge... Um, at Hampton Court, it's been you know, it's, it's a mile or so away from that. Five pounds to get in, um, with a seven thirty kickoff. So, I'd imagine a few bees will go down there for that one.
0: Lovely stuff. That is definitely one to look out for. It's the Brentford fan show on Love Sport. So, gents, we are going to move on now to a series we started last week and one I'm thoroughly enjoying. Last week it was, of course, the Griffin Park Travesties. This is the best and worst of Brentford history as we approach the end of the season, the end of Griffin Park, of course. It's got the fans talking, recalling the long list of adversities suffered down the years last week. This week we're going to be looking at some kits. I'm delighted to say that Nick Bruzon joins us now. Hello, Nick.
5: Good evening, chaps. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, good, thank you. I'm reliably informed, Nick, that you are something of a kit collector.
5: Yeah, I'm I, I probably more uh, towards kit nerd, but, yeah, I, I do have one or two in the collection, much to Mrs Gates' um
0: How many have you got in the old collection?
5: Oh, probably looking, you know, 50 to 100. Accumulated over the right. last couple of years, just that... You, and you, and
4: Hello, Nick. It's Dave. Um, thanks for coming on tonight. But you've got some buttes. I know you've got some buttes, and we'll, we'll talk about your your collection. I think in in a in a little bit. But uh, this 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 series that we've we put together. The you know this this kind of like a bit of fun um, as as we sort of approach what is going to be an emotional finish to uh, to Griffin Park. But we, we put we put it out we put it out today just you know for asking for people to suggest that their what their favorite kits have. Been um, and obviously most people it's going to be since the seventies. We didn't we didn't really have um, replica shirts before the late seventies, did we?
5: Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, it, it, it's been very much a relatively modern phenomenon. You, you think how long the club has been around for? And um, um, it, it's been a lot of red and white stripes and not much else variety. To be quite honest, the obvious exception being the 1960-61 Golden blue season, but until the late 70s, and you know that central badge in 76, 77, it's been red and white stripes of of the same width. You know, three reds, four whites, and not much difference. And all of a sudden, boom! um, The marketing men, the kit champs, got hold of things and. We
4: haven't looked back since. And I, th- I think the the undoubted winner, uh, yeah, and I, I I I'm I'm not going to go by statistics, I'm going to choose my favourite. Actually, is the undoubted yeah. winner. It's the 1980-81 Adidas kit, which is it's it's kind of like rarer than rocking horse manure. It's uh it's it's something that even you haven't got, isn't that correct? Yeah, I mean I, I I've got
5: the um let's call it the modern reproduction. But no, I haven't got that. And it, it's an absolute thing of beauty, it really is. It, it, it's so simple, but it's so classic. It, it, it's an iconic shirt for friends and fans, you know, amongst kit collectors full stop. Um, it, it's not actually my all-time favourite, but it, it's most definitely up there in the top two, top three, no question. It, it really is stunning. And it, it, it's an absolutely glaring omission from my collection, that's for sure. I'd love to get my hands on one, but it, it, it is magnificent, no question
4: and you mentioned your favorite what would your favorite be um
5: well i was thinking about this on the way home tonight um for me my all-time favorite is still the 1990 92 chad promotion kit sponsored by klm red white black collar black cuffs um a classic castle badge it really is simple but stylish and of course it's a shirt we got promoted to, that is now the championship in for that one brief season after all those years and years of struggle. I mean, it, it looks stunning, and for me, it's just got all those memories, you know, like that final 16 run running, the destruction of film, the win-up at Peterborough, Birmingham City shooting himself in the foot, and, um, you know, it's just everything came together at once. Being quite just banging the girls, in, Glees, smiley, Stington, Terry Evans, it, it's for me, one of my time favourite teams, and all-time favourite shirts. Mm. Uh, the other one I like and, and may well will be rather a shot for this, uh probably one of our most controversial is the Oscar eighty three eighty four, the half and half, which is
1: white oh, yes.
5: stripes on the bottom. And the all white right upper half. Uh, it is just so bizarre, it's so god yeah,
1: yeah, it was uh, definitely an interesting one definitely an interesting one and I say you kind of, it kinda of moved away from that. Um Red and white stripes, now they've tended to put the white bit on the back. So have you, is that, would you say that's a shirt you don't like, or is there another one that really doesn't tickle your fancy?
0: Actually, just quickly before he comes back in, I just want to um, check with you guys, because I remember this particular kit that he's referred to there, mm. Chad. Chad,
4: what was Chad? Well, we had we had some awful manufacturers. We had yeah. Chad, we had Oscar, t- Oscar Ho- Hobot, um, yeah. TFG. We had, a, to be honest, a, I'll tell you a, what, a, like, a
1: dodgy I'll version. Tell of I'll tell you what, though, no, I had t- the TFG <laughs> shirt, uh, probably the last, the best. Oh, really? I've got a couple in the <clears> shed, and you can still you can still wear them. Really, <laughs> whereas you know, look, look the Lonsdale ones; have um, got you know a bit tatty. This, those ones lasted. And some some of the other particular favourites that have come coming on social media. There
4: was a St George's Cross um, shirt that, that that Brentford played in. Um, I've forgotten the manufacturer of that one. Uh, I think was that Lonsdale. I think that I'm might pretty be sure list, it. So yeah, and it was actually we were sponsored by St George's, which is a const- uh, construction company, and it had St George's written and across the middle of it and they used the stripes to be like a it looked like St George's Cross um so that that was particularly clever I'd say um the return of Adidas when we got promoted to the championship was was eagerly anticipated a lot of people say in the 2015-16 kit that version was probably the best one um Nick mentioned the Chad 91-92 we got promoted in Black V-neck where um, Dean Holdsworth and um, Gary Blissett were were kind of knocking in the goals for fun, and then the, the Hummel chevron kit that came the season afterwards ninety two ninety three. Um, so we've had, we've had some we've had some good ones. We've had some absolute. Crock of rubbish as well, <laughs> yeah, um, right. not none more so than I'd say the 1989 centenary kit, which was the stripes were so thin it looked like they were pink, it looked like it was a pink shirt,
0: like that horrible Sunderland <laughs> kit that yeah, well, a couple it, of seasons And ago.
4: it was, I think, I think Sheffield United had one exactly the same at the time. Um, and we had a, a centenary badge on that, which was just the most ridiculous bee that looked like some kid had come up with a <laughs> school. So no, let's not
1: go to all bees.
4: <clears throat> So yeah, I mean, so yeah, Nick Nick has got fifty different Brentford shirts in his collection. The smell, the smell of nylon, and <laughs> and it, it must it must be it must be kind of is overwhelming in your house at the times.
5: Oh, Dave, just the static alone from some of those, <laughs> you know, they're horrific. But um, you know, I, I won't have a bad word said against the Hobart Funky Bee from '89. It was, um, uh, again, it was, it was so awful. And, it it was kind of good yeah yeah, the pink was a bit glaring i'll 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 give you that but you know you compare that to the shonky sponsor of the puma sambo kit from 2007 which of course yeah any of those that have survived the first wash would be a miracle
1: (laughs) i've got assigned one of those which is kind of a constant reminder of us going down only getting 33 points
5: yeah, I mean, you know, the ultimate humiliation on and off the field. I mean, that that, that thing was just diabolical. The, um, the, the Puma teabag back from 2012-13, you know, it looked fantastic from the back. But won't retired any female fans. You know, brass straps on the show and for
4: mm. Sunr <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the other the other shirt that has actually got a got quite a lot of love and it's it's probably the one that we probably wouldn't have thought about we actually have played in it at home so we can talk about it it's this year's commemorative third kit the the, the although it's historically nonsense and we never played in in those colors um, they must have whoever it was designed that was was obviously looking at a black and white picture um, and didn't realize that there should be some sort of yellow in there but it's um, uh, it, it did looks great on it looks great on athletes let's put it that way
5: yeah I, I think it's absolutely stunning and you know ironically enough I think when Toffs their first ever Brentford degree pro they made the same mistake just assumed uh, you know looked at the colour wise photo messed it up but you know our, our version as you say it, it's an absolute historical nonsense but it just looks great two-tone blue thin stripes sponsor free for all of us that get it from the club shop <laughs> Uh, you know it, it really is a stunning piece of kit
4: um, and what, what's your expect what's your expectations for next year nick i mean you know it's new stadium it's got to be something really special judging on the judging on the pricing strategy that's going on it's probably going to be upwards of 250 quid as well
5: <laughs> yeah there, i mean there, there are some things where you just got to grit your teeth and dive in and look it, 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 if it's rubbish i won't buy it and
2: that's, yes, you, yes, you, you not, will. Yes, you, on. On. Yes, you You'll will. you definitely
5: buy. It. Surely, that's what you do need. <laughs> oh, maybe not on the first day. Maybe not on the first day. But look, I mean, I'll I, I say one thing. Kitman Bob has got it generally spot on over the last few seasons. Um, it, it, even the brown and orange on the away kit. I know we're not really talking away shirts, but the brown and orange is different. But look. But, uh, I've got high hopes we all know whatever it is has to be long picked uh, this season's home shirt is the best in a long while the blue shirt's great the awake is good um, I honestly this will surprise you I guess um, I don't even know who the technical sponsor is next season whether we're still with Umbra or whether we're looking we'll see. elsewhere
4: Nick I've got to ask you this question um, yeah. which out of all your shirts which one will you get buried in
5: oh you know um <laughs> Because you, t- you have
4: thought about it, surely. I know you must have done.
5: <laughs> Yeah, I, I've got a couple of the long-sleeve Hummel shirts, and I think, whilst the Chad is my favourite, the Hummel in the long sleeves really is stunning as well. Um, so, yeah, probably one of them to get buried in, one of them for little Harry to hang on to. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, that'll be the one for that. I think.
4: I think you look personally best in that in the in that white. Um, you've got a white version of uh, of the DHL shirt. Which I, I, I probably uh, out of all of the ones I've seen, I'm probably most jealous of that. I think.
5: To, to be honest, I, I'm most jealous of that as well. These days, the size of the the paunch, it's, it's very much a bit <laughs> of a strain to so try and get that one on. So that's, <laughs> so that's definitely hanging up. And I, I, I was lucky enough also to get hold of one of Hotter's shirts, um and um, cripes. You see the size of those things or lack of size of those things compared to you, me and the average mm. fan on the terrace. It's yeah, they are not kind to and the other Snug. I, saw, I, saw, I
4: actually remember you wrestling it off of him at the at the end of one of the games. I don't think he looked... But he, did, he didn't look that enthusiastic <laughs> about giving it to you. I <laughs> <laughs> don't think he had a choice.
0: Nick, thank you very yeah. much for joining us. Nick Bruce, on there, kit collector. Thoroughly enjoyed that. We could probably do an entire show on kits because... They just stir such emotion, don't they, kits? It's a real uh, a memory of a certain time that mm. you know. I that that Chad kit for me is when I first started watching football. Really, one of yeah. my first memories of football. So that's why it sticks out for me. The Hummel kit as well, Terry Evans and the likes, and Jamie Bates in those kits. Marcus yeah. Gale, That that's my first real proper memories of, of that level of football. But. My only gripe with kits now, and we won't go too much into it, is just the fact they change every season. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it, yeah, it's a pain, isn't it?
4: And, and there's three other things as yeah. well. You know, you've got a home and an away, and then you've got, obviously got like a special boxed edition of something that you're probably not designed to wear. It's there to collect, and mm. um, you know, although it was sixty-five quid, I think it was, wasn't it? That's, it was sixty quid. Sixty quid for the third. Kit, um, and it's got you know farewell Griffin Park on it, and it's uh, yeah, I mean it, it does look great. Not be playing five a side and you get tugged back in
1: that. That's gonna end up in a punch Yeah, up, isn't you,
4: it? you don't want to get a snag on it, do you? Yeah, exactly. You to, if you have got a cat or whatever, just, just <laughs> I mean, I'd although just to be honest, don't, I don't touch it.
1: <laughs> I think it's been many years since anybody's like tugged me back. Look, my speed is gone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't aware, by the way, and I will quickly just finish on that the, the the commemorative blue kit that you mentioned because I love the fact they've not just worn it once. I think it's four or five times now that it's been worn. Yeah, it, all to success, is it? Is it? How many two games was I mean, it? Was it two? So yeah. it was Luton. Lo- no, not no, Luton. Yeah, the three the, tour. Yeah, Millwall. Yeah, and away wall. at um, yeah. uh, was it Hull? Yeah, you like your like, That's Luton,
1: go. wasn't it? it? was. We, we, we lost. Lost. Luton. Yeah. Was it? Oh, okay,
0: yeah. right. So it's at least been worn to some success. But I didn't realise that it was a, a historical nonsense.
4: Yeah. No, it's mm-hmm. um, it's not actually. We never played in blue and blue. No. If you if you look at, I mean, we talked about the colorization project a couple of weeks yeah, back, absolutely. didn't we? And uh, if you if you look at a black and white version of the kit that we played in 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 1904 five, I'll show you the picture when we go off there. But you can't wait for that. And um, <laughs> and you, you, it it looks like it's two tones of blue. So if you if you colorize that, not knowing the actual colors, then you probably would have come up with what what. I'm glad i have done, and, and not being funny, it, it doesn't look it doesn't look bad. It looks it looks really good, but it's, you know it looks like Chelsea or Leicester as far as I'm concerned. You know, it's uh, it's nice with blue and gold. It looks it looks great, and, and as I said, on on an athlete, it, it, looks,
1: it, looks, yeah. it, looks, yes, it looks it looks it looks, looks all right on me.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> Rewriting history of, you mentioned Leicester, by the way, they're currently leading Aston Villa in the Premier League. 1-0 goal from Harvey Barnes, a well-taken goal too, taken on Pepe Reina, who had rushed out of his box. But it's Leicester 1, Aston Villa nil. Next up on the Brentford Fan we're looking ahead to the big fixture with Fulham. This is the Brentford Fan Show, and right now we're going to switch over to Jim Levac, who's going to talk us through the upcoming fixtures, the first of which, of course, this Friday at Craven Cottage is against Fulham. A big promotion battle, that one. Jim, I understand we've caught you mid-ping-pong. You
2: have. In fact, the game just now was a bit of a rush against the clock, really, but I managed to, managed to put it away in the end, despite losing the first one. So, uh, yeah, we're on, we're on a
0: bit of a roll now. Okay, nice one. So you did win. So you're, you're, you're yeah, positive. Yeah, I did win in the end.
2: Yeah.
4: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Good. Good stuff. Good stuff. We can start on a positive footing. Thank end. God
4: for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we had to throw it just to, just to make, the, make the phone call. <laughs> so, so I mean, so getting back to actual football, um, we got we obviously Fulham this this Friday night. It's, it's, it's an absolute. It's an absolute cracker. It's, it's it's got all the makings of a cracker. But I want to. Really look at the the next three fixtures as a, as a packet. Really, I mean, we've got Fulham Friday, then we've got West Brom at home, which could be the last um, game at Griffin Park under the floodlights, and then we've got Reading uh, Saturday week. So those three games are kind of uh, going to play a bit of major major part in you know how the season's going to end for us, aren't they, Jim?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's it's a sort of deciding sort of period in the season for us. Um, I think. You know, anything sort of around the seven-point mark, you know, be quite happy with that, to be honest. Um It's going to be tough, though. But, you know, if we want to get in the playoffs, then we've got to really be getting results against teams like that. Um, You know, Fulham, I'm, I'm not sure that, you know, they're really as as good as their position suggests. Uh, I'll get a bit of stick for that, but mm. I, I, don't, I don't think they are. I think they're very much reliant on Mitrovic, who's, who's quality. Um West Brom? Having a bit of a sticky patch, so there's no reason we can't turn turn them over, and especially after the way we we played up there. Um, obviously, know a lot of West Brom fans living in the Midlands, and uh, you know they were they said we were the best side they've seen this season. And then Reading's a bit of the banana skin; they're up and down, um, a bit inconsistent on their day. They can beat anyone, um, but you know on our day we can beat anyone. So you know, yeah, seven points up for grabs and, and consolidate that playoff. Um, place and then anything else is a bonus if the
1: others slip up. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing I kind of noticed looking at these three fixtures. Um, you know, we say it's, so, you know, you say seven points. It could quite easily be zero because one of, uh, well, I think someone mentioned on on um, Quest the other night how this league, there are a lot of, I know some people said it was an easy, like, easier league. I don't think it is. I think there's a lot of teams around the same level and I don't think yeah. that Redden are hugely behind the rest of the league?
2: I know, I don't think they are. But, you know, as we all know, um, on our day, we can beat anyone. So, you know, that's that's what I look at. And if we don't beat them and, you know, doomsday scenario, we get no points, then, you know, it's a case of coming through that spell and going, and I hate the phrase, but, you know, going again and, and just trying to get in the playoffs and get a bit of momentum. Any side now that builds a bit of momentum in these last nine games is, uh, is, is, you know, got a chance of getting in the playoffs, even from sort of probably tenth. Tenth place, eleventh place. Um, so you know you, you can't rule even
4: Millwall out because they've got nothing to lose. Look, Jim, you know being a, a realist, you know that team that that played last Saturday, the five-nil Brentford team, they're not going to get zero points from the next three games. So you know it's it's. I remember having these conversations earlier on in the season about you know how many points we expect to get in between uh, international windows, and we we did say you know just when we're coming out of a stinky patch, it, it might be you know it might be four, might be six, Seven, and we, you know, we almost got full house. Um, anywhere near that, we've we've got to be so confident. The, the players are going to be confident and buzzing from from Saturday, and and you know, let's be honest, Fulham are going to be quaking. They 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 think that we've got the you know the the hoodoo sign over them. Um, they 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 all know what could happen to them if they and if they if they if they kind of aren't out on their A game themselves. It's it's got all the potential to be an absolute humdinger, isn't it?
2: Absolutely. Quite agree. And, and, you know, as you say, rightly say, that you know, they, there's more fear uh, for them than there is for us. I mean, they're third, uh, they're ahead of us. They've got more to lose. Um, and I, but I do think, you know, that, that if, if, as I said before, if we play the way we can away from home, as we have done, and, and personally, I wouldn't drop Pontus in there uh, for that game. Um, you know I don't see any reason why we can't come away with a kind of result that, even if even if it's a point you know it keeps it it keeps it open
4: yeah and we I think there's a few more tickets were released today it's going to be obviously a sold out Brentford section it's not going to be the the 7,000 that we took there the first time we went because we haven't been given 7,000 tickets <laughs> but um you know Live on live on TV under the floodlights, um, straight after work for a lot of people at the beginning of a weekend, it's going to be it's going to be buzzing in there. Um, and, as, and as you rightly say, you know our record at, at Craven Cottage since we got promoted and the, you know these games started to become a regular on the fixture list again, uh, we, we, we've done all right there. Um, so I, I, I just I, I can smell the nerves from further up the river already. Um, we're going to talk about uh, this with the Fulhamish lads um, on the on the Wednesday. Podcast that will come out live um, on on Thursday morning. We'll have a big, big, even bigger build up to the to the game then. But uh, you know, it's, it's a game that I can't, I can literally can't wait to, to to go in and watch.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the same I think for every for Brentford supporter, uh, um, you know. And they, you know, we will make a noise at Craven Cottage. Um, Drown out the clappers, obviously, <laughs> but uh, but you know it it is just three points. It's important to remember that at this stage of the season. If if, if we win it, then you know we go on to West Brom, and um, we take the momentum from the Fulham. And you know momentum is everything at this stage of the season. It's not who's playing the best, even. I don't think it's just getting results, getting momentum, and and you know sometimes grinding results out. I mean you know t- Saturday will be a good confidence booster. Uh, for Brentford and you know the most important thing I think from that game I'd, I'd agree with Thomas Frank was the defensive sort of mindset there was a determination not to concede and, that, and that's really important you know in, as, as you get into the, the business end of the season um, but I think you know we've got the as, as um, uh, what's his name Colin on uh, uh, on the telly said the other day you know that uh, we are a scary side to play against with those front three
0: Colin Warnock. Colin, Colin Murray and Neil, and Neil Warnock. He was a hybrid of the two, Jim, but I like that. You, you've <laughs> no. been confused by your paddle, mate. I'll, I'll let I you didn't get mean
2: the. Cut.
4: You I, meant Colin. I didn't mean Colin. Yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yes, that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Lovely stuff. Thank you, Joe Lavat. There, we'll let him get back to Cheers. his ping pong. Lovely stuff there, gents. And Gary, listen, it is uh, w- uh, unbeaten at Craven Cottage since April 1990. Like I said, I think it's just one defeat since January 1954. It'll be the 26th visit to Craven Cottage. The first one was all the way back in
1: 1928. Mm. Listen, unfortunately, all, all. Good runs have to come to an end sometime. Just ain't going to be Friday.
0: Love it. Bring hey.
1: it Bring it on. Bees will win.
0: Bees will win. Back on the winning trail to close that gap as well. A win will take Brentford to within one point of those cottages. We'll bring you all the reaction from that one next week on the Brentford Fan Show here on Love Sport, 8pm. We'll see you next time. Come.